two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. At least once a year, you got to go to Schmidt's Sausage House because it's also been there since forever. And oh, I want to go to Schmidt's Sausage House. It it well, and and on Fridays, I think it's Friday nights. They would have like an oompa band. Um, oh shit! And granted, it was like three dudes. It was like a dude on the accordion and a dude on the tuba. And then I think one guy singing, maybe he was also on the keyboard. So it's, if a like oompa band can be considered three guys, or I guess the opposite, if three guys can be considered an oompa band. Yeah, that's what they, it's awesome. Oh, that's so, awesome. And so, yeah, it's it's a it's a neat little place. And again, because COVID time, we haven't been there in, in a while, but we are due. We're due for uh, another trip to oh, yeah. Schmitz. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal, man. Yeah, that's... I, like, I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. I, yeah. And I get, you know, I get way too horned up for sausage. It's, oh man, it's so good. It's so good. It, it, and just... I, I I wish, I or I'm curious, and maybe both. I wish and I'm curious if um, the United States didn't go that crazy, like, anti-German sentiment after World War One and World War Two. Because, like... Oh, yeah. Because, like, behind, like... English and I want to say like Irish or maybe Scots or something like that like 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 Germans were the highest ethnic proportion in the United States and like the second most spoken language in the USA was German up until a point and there were breweries everywhere and and so yeah I'm just curious like the ubiquity of us um finding pizza or I guess more recently like finding sushi what if what if that was it what if like instead of every town had a pizza place what if every town had a sausage house? <laughs> oh God, I'd be so happy. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, oh be so and cool. I'd be huge. But yeah, whatever. Because <laughs> well, oh. that's just it. It's like sausage and like cabbage and potatoes, and like that's it. But it's so Hell delicious. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> oh man, and you know I hate live music too, but I will sit down and chill with an umpapa band. Because it's, well, and they even have, um, at this place, they even have, like, a little buffet. Like, an, it's it's all you can eat. It's an all you can oh eat. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, you go over there on Friday, and it's hustling and bustling, and everyone's merry and all that. I, I think they have the wait staff wear lederhosen and dirndls and things. I think they do. Oh. And it is. It's just a magical, it's just a magical place to be. <laughs> well, I will see you on Friday. Yeah. I was going to get my second round of the COVID shot, but lump that. Yeah, lump that. Let's just go over to southwestairlines.com. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we ought to do is we ought to start this damn show. I guess that is a fair point because if we get on the talking about sausage train, we'll we'll never get off. So yes, let's start the show. Start the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another magical um, episode of Two Wizards Podcast. Now served with sauerkraut, um, <laughs> and I and I'm Josh, and I am a wizard. <laughs> And I am Mark, and you can get me on a bun or a pretzel bun, your choice. <laughs> and I am also a wizard. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, uh, I, I guess this is also 
probably not surprising um, to anyone who's listened to our food episode. Yeah, you get one of us or both of us off on a food topic, and who knows, who knows where, where, uh, where the conversation will go. But I did, and, and this is actually some. Uh, this was a week that I kind of prepared uh, a topic, something for us, uh, which, which surprisingly isn't food, but I'm excited to uh, get into and kind of. Yeah, I'm totally blind on this one, and I'm. I'm nervous. Not in a bad way, just mm-hmm. nervous. Mm-hmm. I don't even think this is too much of a stretch to say that you, that maybe you were even doing some of that ESP sympathetic magic. Because um, even some of the things that, that we were talking about in our cold open, you, you maybe even anticipated what, our, oh, really? what the topic is. So I'll leave you to kind of ponder that. Because right now we also have to uh, tell everyone, share with everybody what we have in our Wizards Chalices for this installment. So so why don't you start us off there? Yeah. Um, oh man, two roads diverge before me in a beer-filled wood. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with this one first. Okay. Good. Okay. Um, what I have first from Odyssey Brew Works is Imperial Ghost Drifter. Ah, oh, damn it! <gasps> I can't drink this one. It's an IPA. Um, I swear it said it was an Imperial Porter. Son of a bitch. <sighs> oh, damn it. That... Damn you, IP May! God damn you! God damn you all to hell! You blew it up! Ah, and this is me standing before the giant Statue of Liberty holding a hop aloft in her fucking coppery mitt. God damn you all to hell! Ah, man! Ah, fuck. Well, and here, even I was like, oh, Odyssey Brewing, but then they, oh man, they did, they did us dirty. That's like sailing between Scylla and Charybdis, but then they both eat you somehow. They both, oh, like, man. just stab you in the back. That sucks, man. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, I, I am a good what? wizard. I will not. Not. I shall not. I will take the road that I wasn't going to travel. I have a Palisade Peach Wheat from Breckenridge Brewery in Colorado. Fuck me. Well, well, well you, can, you can end with that one. So like we're... I can't. No, no. Damn it, Josh. This is no PA May. We are sticking to it. Okay. All right. There you well, go. Well, I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> So yeah, like I say, uh, Breckenridge Brewing, P- Palisade Peach Wheat. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What do you got, buddy? No, no, that's it. well. Uh, also, just a, just a quick little plug there um, for our viewers not from the Colorado area uh, who don't maybe realize just how big of a damn deal Palisade peaches are. Do you want to talk about that? Just say like no. Okay. No, I hate Palisade peaches. <laughs> uh, we're about to kick into that shit in like two months, Which... and all I can hope is that like I have quit this job a month and a half ago. <laughs> Because I can't do that again. I can't. Like we're we're, we're you know we're. You do have a different. You mentioned it a while back. You mentioned it a while back. Like you're excited to get into the season mm-hmm. of Mount Cantaloupe, and it's it, that's already starting. <laughs> like I can see this like little like off in the distance. If we're on a ship mm-hmm. and we're traveling mm-hmm. and we've been on the ocean for oh you know six months and it's been miserable waters and what do I see gleaming before me? I'll be damned. There she is. Old Mount Cantaloupe, standing tall and proud in the distance. We'll be there in about two and a half weeks. I'm just, I don't want to. Yeah. I am. You do uh, have a different... having to reset for stone fruit. I'm just like, no, thank you. Yeah, you you do admittedly have a different perspective. Um, being the actual person in the produce corner and having to, like, deal with this every single day. But, um, but, but yeah, th- th- there's a little region in the kind of western Colorado um, called called Palisade. And, uh, and yeah, Palisade peaches, it's their big thing and everybody goes crazy for them. 
and maybe this is a bit of consolation to you, Mark. I like it's not like I think they're overrated, but yeah. it is. It, it's it's like okay, guys, they're they're peaches. Come on, they're they're fine. It's I get it. They're it's fine. a thing that you remember okay. from when you were a kid. It was summertime, summertime, and peaches. I'm and I'm sure this is common in other places too. But but there are. There's like Palisade peaches. There's Rocky Ford melons. There's Olathe sweet corn. Like there's like those like th- and I guess like Pueblo green chilies too. I guess we can include that. Oh, that's a huge one. Yeah. Like, yeah, and so it is. It's like here's this city or this kind of agricultural area within the state that they're known for this for this specific thing. Um, and 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 then yeah. So that's that's the other part. Yeah. You think those people in India listen to this and are like, what the fuck's a palisade? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to our Indian listeners. Yeah. We see you. We love you. It's so cool. We it's love so you. Good. It's so it, good. Yeah, it's great. Well, and and again, I, I, I think uh, I think um, made this made this uh, announcement in, in one of our tweets. Hope you're all doing well. I know COVID kind of kind of took a scary turn there. So, yeah, hope hope, hope you're all doing well. Thanks for tuning for, for tuning in. And, uh, and and yeah, welcome, welcome to the show. Yeah. So, um, well, before we yeah, how about you? What do you got before we get before I get on my produce high horse? Because I'm gonna get off that now and put it back in the barn. Exactly, we can do that all night. Yeah, smart. But uh, what do you got in your uh, wizard's goblet there? So I have with me uh, from Dogfish Head Brewing. Uh, I don't have their 90 minute IPA because again, no, no, no IP made. Um, <laughs> I saw that today. I almost grabbed it and I was like, "No, what are you doing? Stop yeah. it!" So uh, yeah, out of uh, Milton, Delaware, Dogfish Head, but I have their Sea Quench Ale Session Sour. Um, so this is blissfully brewed with lime juice, lime peel, black limes, and sea salt. Um, so I, I'm usually. Like, it's not a Saison. I don't think it's a Saison because those are weird and I don't like them. But, yeah, I, I kind of get the impression that this is going to be like a margarita beer, which, hey, awesome because of all the limes and salt and stuff. So, hey, let's just um, <laughs> let's just give that a shot. Wasted away again on margarita beer. <laughs> well, because we were – because there's the um, the Corona Rita things. Where, yeah. yeah, it's a thing. You can those are spice your – yeah. That's okay. I, I guess I, I don't get it. Like, why are you going to put Corona in a margarita? Like, tequila's not enough? You're going to augment it with spicy water? Yeah, I guess I guess get, like, a little fizz. Maybe that's part of the... Oh, maybe that two. is part of it, yeah. But, um, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, at any rate, let's go ahead and I'll get mine open here. Yeah. There we go. And uh, cheers. Cheers, buddy. Yep, yep, that's a... Margarita beer. Yeah, how is it? It's uh, it's again, it's refreshing, cool, um, uh, nice and limey. I'm not. I don't know if, how much of the sea salt I'm picking up, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something where it's like, wow, Doc? I don't know. Like I'm just feeling very faint and kind of sluggish and all that. <laughs> well, your blood pressure's through the roof. It's like that's so weird. I don't. You know, like I watch my food really carefully. Oh, but I drink all this salty beer. That must be it. <laughs> what an effective marketing technique to make you drink more beer. Yeah, right. You Get it mix- salty. And you're like, oh, boy, I got to hydrate here. You know, We've joked, like, use a Coors Light to hydrate. Like, yeah, why not? Yeah. It's, well, it yeah. water. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's the whole, like, new from Sam Adams. It's ocean water pale ale that's right made with water straight from the atlantic get that sea salt little crustaceans in there 
Some guy That's like not pours medical waste. You're being a pussy. Yeah, yeah. So the guy pours a pours a draft and takes a big swig and uh, along with the foam in his mustache, there's like little little crabs and like seaweed. It's like mmm, ocean water pale ale, <laughs> delicious. I'll get that white whale someday. <laughs> <laughs> What's that ad campaign? Your cousin from Boston? Yeah. <laughs> your cousin from Boston. What's the matter? You don't like little fish in your beer? Ooh, la-dee-da, princess. Ah, <laughs> oh, good for you, champ. Look at this guy over here. He doesn't want to get scurvy. Mine tastes like if you boiled peachos and made it liquor. Oh, okay. Is yeah, it like syrupy? Bad. Or it's not syrupy, okay, but it's that it's it's an I maybe I don't know, maybe like Breckenridge did their due diligence and like mm-hmm. they actually like boiled down peaches, but Yeah. So oh I guess I didn't do this. Uh hazy American wheat bursting with peach flavor. So Okay. Okay. It's all right. It's not bad, like Yeah. I um when was it? It was one of our episodes where I had a bunch of wheat beers, and I think I was talking about this, but it bears repeating. They're at uh, uh, San, Luis, San Luis Valley Brewing Company. They had a, a sunset wheat for a long, long time. Mm. And, oh, man, that was my go-to in the summer because it was, it was a wheat beer they, uh, with a little bit of citrus, and they'd serve it with an orange wedge. I guess kind of their take on, like, a blue moon or something like that. Um, and, oh, man, that was so good. But then they their quality kind of fell off the table, but... But whatever, yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk no, about. No, what are we going to talk we about? We are going to talk about. Ooh, excuse me here. Uh, oh, there it is. We are going to talk about something different because I, um, yeah, you, you know, school has ended for for me at least. I know some people still have a little bit longer. Um, and then of course, if you're in Alice pub- Cooper music. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um. And uh, and a lot of people already. I, I just saw this on. I don't know if it was like NPR or something like that. Like people are tired of COVID worlds. They've gotten some vaccinations. They're sick of being in their house. The weather's getting nice, and so they want to get out and they want to go go on a trip. And like everything's booked. Like like uh, uh, vacation rentals are all booked. Like airlines are super. Like people just want to get out. They want to go on a vacation. They want to go on a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what, and so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about trips and vacations and travel. Um, oh, okay. Old old trips and travels, uh, strange trips and travels, dangerous trips and travels, all that kind of stuff. And I don't want to take some time because, because, um, yeah, if 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 we won't be able to, you know, like find a hotel on the beach because that's where everybody else is, because um, because they, they want to get away for a while, then at least we can we can take. We can take a vacation using our imagination. <laughs> imagination. Um, so before I get into some of the materials that I have prepared, Mark, what are some of your like memorable vacations or trips or, or, or travels? Are the ones you've done with your family or just ones you've gone off by yourself? Like what are what are some noteworthy uh trips that you've taken that, that you maybe want to share um in 2015 i presented a paper at a geology conference or at a not geology geo- ah, pfft, ah, sorry my god 
a geography conference. Um, you might remember I took some oh, time yeah. out of student mm-hmm. teaching for that. That's right. We did that's that right. up in Chicago, and that mm-hmm. was that was really cool. We were we were all undergrads presenting to masters and doctoral level. Yeah, which was which was kind of huge. Yeah, that's... and I, being just a minor in geology, had literally no business being there. And I, the reason that I gave, because I had to present, like I had to, you know, pre- def- defend and present the poster too. Mm-hmm. And geologists are not big people; they're just they're a very slight build. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm a tank, so I'm like hulking out in a sweater vest over here, <laughs> explaining to these people like, "Oh yeah, this is glacial deposit in this region. We hit the glacial maximum at this point, but here's where we started to see the recession, and this is where it diverted, like all this shit." And there's like, "Uh huh." And why were you there? And why were you there? And I was like, "I carried the spud bar and broke up the uh, irregulars, <laughs> and those are the those are the rocks that get deposited by the glaciers and shit, yeah. and then tilled up." So it's like, "Yeah, I carried the spud bar to uh, break up the irregulars." Oh, okay, cool, 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 man. Yeah, there was that one. Um, I've drank a beer at the Cheers Bar in Boston, which I know is the like yeah. touristiest of toury things, but that yeah, was still. Mm-hmm. that was really cool. Um, pumpkin ale, and they dipped the rim in um, cinnamon and sugar, like a margarita. Oh god, that's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because because um, you yeah. did well, and and on that Boston trip, you you and like that was even like a bit of a circuit, right? It's like it's not like you just went to Boston; you went to a couple other places, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We went to um, um, Rhode Island. We saw. Amanda let me do my like weird tour to Lovecraft. It was insane. We had a red eye flight out of Denver. We left at mm-hmm. we were supposed to depart at eleven PM. Uh it was snowing like a son of a bitch the whole time. And this is like October second in Colorado, which snow's not unheard of, but mm-hmm. not like this. So we'd been on the road for a couple hours out of Alamosa and our flight was delayed. Finally we took off at one. We landed in Boston at like six AM. Oh yeah. And then we got on a train to Providence and got to Providence at like seven forty. So it was really cool to like walk around the city before it woke up. But I got to yeah. see like, I got to so like, I got to see a lot of the cool shit. Like we saw Brown, we saw their Lovecraft memorial, and then like we started going around. And I don't know if you remember Call of Cthulhu, but it talks about the Florida Lee building where the artist sleeps, and oh, that's right. where like that's where the young artist makes his uh, first uh, bas relief sculpture. And it's this weird, like, bright, pretty yellow-colored building in the middle of all this kind of like weird white drabish marble. Mm-hmm. But that's that's it and then we like walked up waterfront street and was like wow i'm getting the lovecraft experience here and yeah, yeah. it was and then we took um the second or the third day we were up there we went up to salem and that was insane and mm-hmm. took a ferry up and then rode the train back it was that was a really good trip boston's probably my favorite trip ever i think yeah i i have um i've been to boston a couple times for some of my track meets uh when i was running and granted like i like, it's not like I had a whole bunch of free time to go and explore the city because, again, if you're a college-age kid there on an athletics trip, like, the, your coaches don't want you just wandering off. It's like, oh, shit, right. it, it's time for the 4 by 4 Where's Josh? He's over at the Cheers Bar, coach. Um, but, but, <laughs> He's betting on the ponies down to the track. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he 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 just went over to uh, to watch the Red Sox play there. He He said he'd be back in plenty of time. Um, but, uh, uh, but, but yeah, but there have been a couple times where like I wasn't competing until the last day. And so I got to do a little, uh, a little bit of that. Um, so, but, but Boston's one that I would love to go back to and, and do some of the basic touristy stuff that you're talking about. Um, cause I think I did a little bit of the, of the red, red brick kind of freedom trail. Um, yeah. I, I did a little bit of that. Uh, went down to the to the like fish market 
But uh, but yeah, Boston would be a cool one that I'd like to like to go back to. And and really, yeah, most of my kind of traveling, I I I, I'm, I was pretty fortunate that um, yeah, running on the track team, and like a fairly good track team where like we had legitimate athletes that our coaches could justify like okay let's take everybody to this race in california let's let's yeah take... you weren't gonna get out there and lose right and 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 that's just one like, like you don't you don't necessarily bring the scrubs um <laughs> it's why the football team only goes to new mexico and wyoming and and maybe utah maybe utah <laughs> maybe utah <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, no, I never thought about that. But mm-hmm. like the track team and the girls softball team, they like go all over. Uh, this was my junior year. Yeah, this was my junior year. One weekend I was in uh, Philadelphia um, for the for the Penn Relays, which is this like super famous, super old track meet. It's been going for like 100 plus years, something like that. So yeah, like one one weekend I was there in Philly. And of course, we like took some time to do the running up the steps like Rocky and all that. Oh, um, yeah. And then the very next week, I was all the way in California at the Mount San Antonio uh, Relays, which is another really famous track meet. So like within the span of one week, I was East Coast Goddamn. and then West Coast. So that was crazy. Um, but, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, let's see here. I guess other sort of memorable trips. Well, I, I had I would have had a couple of memorable trips if not for... Uh, goddamn COVID world. I <laughs> I got um, I got into one study abroad program. Uh, yeah, last last summer, summer 2020, where I would have spent a month in Greece and like reading ancient Greek literature and like doing all the um, uh, tours of uh, ruins and stuff like that. But of course, that got canceled. Um, I got into another one for this summer that would have been sometime in London and then like a week and a half in Greece. That got canceled. So, yeah, I, I haven't really done much international travel. Um, have, have you, by chance, gone, gone out? No, out never. I want to. Yeah, but... and, that, and that's just it. Like, I'm, I, I think we're both at that age where it's like, okay, yeah, like, let's, let's just say, like, screw it. We're going to go to Europe for for a week or whatever. Um, but so hopefully I'm really bummed out that like the merchant Marine doesn't exist anymore. I know that would be so like, that would have been such a better life path than whatever the hell I'm doing right mm-hmm. now. Well, it, well, well, honestly that, you know, I, I kind of sort of had this planned at the end, but oh, uh, sorry, sorry. God no, damn it. I'm no, sorry, no, dude. this is perfect. This is, this is absolutely perfect because this, I, I, and I was even thinking like, man, can, can I even like, find a way to make this fit but then, but this is great so while the merchant marine yeah isn't necessarily a thing anymore have you heard about freighter cruises no that's no i don't think so you basically just like show up on a cargo ship and say like hey need an extra set of hands and then you just yeah you they just let you join <laughs> God, if I was single, I'd do that so fast. Yeah, and so I am looking at um, voyagesincargo.com. And it is. This helps you be like, yeah, are you a, you a 20-something who wants to go see the world, but um, you don't necessarily have a bunch of money? Just come work on a, on a cargo ship and... 
we'll give you a place to sleep and we'll feed you and you kind of help out around a little bit. Like, it's not like you're going to be operating the forklift or whatever, unless you happen to have that license. But no, it's a thing. It's a thing. You just like, you can just work on a, on a, on a cargo ship. God, that's awesome. This was something that likewise, I, I even forget where I first found out about this. It was probably my older brother. My older brother, is the genesis for a lot of things in my life. He's like, hey, Josh, check out this music. It's pretty good. Hey, look up this thing. It's, it's pretty neat. And yeah, I'm pretty sure one day Jake just, you're like, he was just out of high school and was like, maybe I'll work on a crew. And, well, and, and not even a cruise ship. Maybe I'll work on a cargo ship. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and, and so, yeah, it is. You, you just, you... Like you don't necessarily even pay. Like they they pay you. They they yeah. And and, and if you're in and around that area and don't have anything planned for the next like four months, yeah, just go work on a goddamn cargo ship. <laughs> <laughs> I would Shanghai myself so fast. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That's one of those things where you and I are drinking in a bar in some like harbor town. Mm. And we get shithoused, and we both wake up, like, already leaving port. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've got a phone call to make. Yeah. Like, wake up next morning, it's like, oh, man, I got a wicked headache. Where am I? <laughs> like, oh, that's right. I did that thing. <laughs> and, and I, Okay, okay, new, new plan. We're going to do this, but we're going to, like, we're just going to record it all, but we're going to do it like a buddy comedy. <laughs> So you and I are going to be drinking, and we'll just say in, like, Boston or something at the docks. We'll wake up on this boat, and we'll just mm. record all of this shit. What did we do last night? I don't know. Yeah. And then, you know, like, two months in, our friendship will disintegrate. And then, like, 2.5 months in, we, like, reunite when you beat up the weird Turkish dude that keeps taking my Fig Newtons out of my bunk. And, like... <laughs> yeah. And then we get to, like, I don't know. Then we get to the Suez Canal, and it's you and me partying that we were the um, Green Hope or whatever the hell. Yeah, it was. yeah, Ever, the... Ever Hope. Yeah, yeah, the Ever Hope, Ever Green... Yeah, that was... Well, <laughs> and that was so funny, too, because I saw, of course, on Twitter, all sorts of people, like, were doing these memes, like, like trying to dunk on the situation. And, like, here's, yeah. this, here's this massive cargo ship, and there's, like, a little, like, backhoe and a little, like, front yeah. loader, like, digging out. And everyone's like, my anxiety and depression and then the little like backhoe would be labeled like doing yoga but son yeah but son of a bitch like we got that thing freed so we got it free so it's it's literally the story of the little backhoe that could the little (laughs) you know you just yeah do yoga or whatever just commit to that for more than you gotta do yeah yeah give it like a sincere try for more than two weeks and see what happens um (laughs) But yeah, um, well, so and, and and that 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 will also kind of preview something. We'll, so so we may come back to this idea of a okay. of a of a, a freighter cruise, and and that's the other thing too, right? Instead of you know paying Carnival cruise or, pay, or paying Royal Caribbean um, thousands of dollars for this trip with a bunch of other annoying families and loud kids and two drunk college age people, like no, you you you. Wake up, you put in a good day's work, trade stories with a bunch of Norwegians and uh, Israelis or whatever, 
And then you go back to bed. It's a great, it's a great vacation. <laughs> that honestly does. No, it does. The only thing that, because, and I'm, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm just going to agree with you and say that okay. it does because I am very afraid. I'm about to like, <laughs> not just step on your toes, but like okay. get my freighter stuck on your toes. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, um, Mark, it, of course, it wouldn't be an episode of Two Wizards Podcast if either of us did not talk about ancient Greek stuff. So, of course, we're going to do that. We're going to talk about a, a little bit of vacationing, a little bit of traveling. Um, and yeah, like the 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 BCE, maybe even a little bit of CE. Um, and so uh, one of the one of the most well-known uh, travelers who then like wrote the stuff down uh, is of course our homeboy Herodotus. I know we've mentioned him in other circumstances and maybe one day, maybe one day in the future, we'll have a full episode devoted to him. Um, but uh, Herodotus's best known work is this is this thing called the Histories. Um, historiae, um, which, which, so, so, th yes, that's where we get our word history, but really, um, the Greek word is, is more like inquiries or like a narrative after sustained research. So it's not necessarily like, here's something that happened old, you know, back, way back when, but it's like, no, here's mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing people, I'm collecting data and I'm writing it down. So that's what like a histories is. Um, right, right, right. And granted, of course, he was doing his best. And a lot of people now say like, oh, really? There are giant ants in India that would dig up gold. Really? Herodotus. Uh, but still, like, we got to give credit where credit's due. Okay, um, but just devils advocating for poor Herodotus ants will push uh, precious precious gems out of the top of their nests they can't do anything with them so they like yeah. drag these stones up and just pop them out so people will find like you know little like chunks of, of ruby and shit just chilling in ant mounds mm -hmm. so maybe he was onto something yeah 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 and well and and uh, I saw this other because of course like 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 scholars now they, they try to wrap their minds and like come up with explanations for some of these things and there was honestly something about like like a certain type of anteater in that area mm -hmm. that would like dig up anthills and things and who knows maybe sometimes would chuck out the precious stones or uh minerals so, so th that was another semi explanation like well maybe maybe like instead of giant ants it's like big anteaters um that uh, but 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 anyway so yeah, that could be so uh, or there were giant ants in India, like it's a super hot jungle. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, that that could that that could be too. I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> I wasn't there. Yeah, I don't know. And that was Herodotus's methodology. Like he would he would interview people, and specifically he would travel and talk to people. And of course, there he, he so he's getting that info like second or third hand. But he's not just outright dismissing it. He's saying like, look, this is what the story is. I'm just reporting what was told to me. You can decide for yourself. It's not like he was saying, like, no, guys, totally. Um, but uh, but uh, so so Herodotus, even though he uh, was was Greek and writing in, in Greek, he was not uh, from 
that that region that we would know as modern Greece. He was actually from Halicarnassus, which is in Asia Minor, even technically part of the Persian Empire. But but he wrote in Greek, and so he would he would travel. He would like walk around to all these places. It's not like he just sat in his oikos like dreaming stuff up. No, he would actually like <laughs> travel around. He was doing it, yeah. Yeah, he was boots he, on the ground. Boots on the ground. Boot boots on the ground. And so and so uh, so yeah, he, he was there in sort of like the edge of the Persian Empire, edge of like kind of Greek colonies and all that. And so he does a fair, I, I think, again, a fairly good job of sort of like kind of giving multiple accounts and, and not leaning too far one way or, or the other. Um, but no, like he traveled around the Mediterranean. He went down to Egypt for a spell and, and was asking people about, you know, stories and things over there. So so yeah, he and, and then he even went all the way to, into like, um, yeah, sort of like the more proper asia into like the euphrates river and babylon um and then he went to athens for a bit and, and so so this guy got around which again to be doing that that's, that's pretty crazy to see like that much of the at that time known world yeah well and, and and actually you 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 say that um there is oh i don't have this pulled up in front of me um so out of all of the descriptions and because he talks about like, well, this mountain's over here and this river flows down over like that. Um, you can find you can find sort of reconstructed maps of the world based on mm -hmm. Herodotus's. And yeah, it looks like a pretty darn good estimation of like the Mediterranean. And of course, it doesn't like like Africa's super small and they don't have like a whole lot of Asia. But like for for the time. For this being, you know, four hundred. They're not going to know how big it is. Like, right, right, and and so if they have if nothing no else, way of fucking knowing that. Right, and so so I am I'm really impressed with Herodotus. I I like him. A lot of people like to like to try to dunk on him, but you know what? Leave leave Herodotus alone. He's 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 fine. He's fine. Um, and so Herodotus, yeah, he was he, he was writing um, some, around that time. But then also a little bit later, so like 500, 600 years later, getting into like the common era. Um, and so like the Roman Empire is, is a thing now and, and there's lots of trade and lots of people moving around. Um, and so actually this whole kind of genre of literature became super popular um, and it was travel logs. It was people who were able to travel because, you know, during this time, almost everybody was like a sustenance farmer unless you knew how to make horseshoes or whatever, um, or, or, or you were a potter. Um, but the very few people who had enough money to actually take the time and go travel and write about things. And then, and then like, like that was a super popular, um, type of writing. So instead of like somebody's like travel blog, it's like, oh my gosh, I just spent the best two weeks in Sri Lanka. I just really feel more centered and the food was amazing and the culture was amazing. Like, like what yeah. some, you know, 30 year old white woman would write on Tumblr. Um, what her eat, pray, love is. Exactly. Exact. And, and so that's what, that was a super popular uh, genre. And, and, and one of the, uh, we don't have a whole bunch of these, like, like, like the, the, the written records kind of allude to them. They, they talk about them, um, but we don't necessarily have a lot of them saved except for one in particular um, from a guy named uh, Pausanias. His uh, sort of travelogue is called uh, Description of Greece. It's in 10 different books. 
and he goes around and he just talks about the different regions of uh, Greece and sort of like their mythical uh, slash historical foundings, some of the different areas and stuff like that. And so he, uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, it's in 10 books and it includes Attica, the sort of region where Athens is. Um, next he goes to, to, to Corinth, um, uh, Laconia, where, where Sparta was, Messenia, Elis, um, Achaea, Arcadia, uh, Boeotia, Phocis, and uh, Locris. And so he's doing work all around Greece and then like writing all this stuff so that some dude in Hispania can, can, can read this uh, thing and be like, man, it's almost like I'm there. I can, I can almost picture being, being there in Greece. And, and so, yeah, so we, um, let's see here. Do we have a date? I don't know if we have a date specifically for the um, description of Greece. And okay, that's fine. That, that's cool and all. But I want to spend a lot more time on this other guy. Okay. And uh, he's writing about the same time. And his name is Lucian of Samosata. And he's a satirist. So he just writes a bunch of BS to make fun of people. (laughs) Okay. And so as these travelogues are getting super popular, he's like, okay, let me tell you about a travel that I went on. The travel I experienced, and he calls his travelogue a true story. And it's a little bit longer. You can find it. You can find it online, and it's a great read. Um, and so I'll maybe give give some of the highlights, some of the highlights yeah. of uh, Lucian's A True Story. And so it starts off like most travelogues. He says, yeah, a bunch of buddies and I, we got together. We found a ship, and we loaded up with supplies. We got lots of food, got lots of water. We sh- and we set out um, from the from the Strait of Gibraltar, the 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 um, the rocks of Heracles, right? Where mm-hmm. where you so over there? So so they're sailing out of the Mediterranean into the Atlantic Ocean, into the unknown. And they're you know out there for a little bit. They're doing their thing, uh, and then f- and then they come across this this island that they're not quite sure what it is, but they're gonna go check it out. And so they find this island, and I'll read a little bit here. After 80 days of travel, so not quite uh, around the world in 80 days, but 80 days to travel, they find this island. They saw a high wooded island ringed about with uh, sounding surf. Um, And he writes, Putting in and going ashore, we lay on the ground for some time in consequence of our long misery. But finally we arose and told off uh, uh, 30 of our number to stay and guard the ship and 20 to go inland with me and look over the island. When we had gone forward through the wood about three furloughs from the sea, we saw a slab of bronze inscribed with Greek letters, faint and obliterated, which stated, To this point came Heracles and Dionysus. Hmm. So they find an island that has this like welcome sign, like, Welcome to the beautiful island where Heracles and Dionysus once were. He goes on, There were also two footprints in the rock close by, one of which was a hundred feet long, <laughs> the other less. To my thinking, the smaller the other one, less. <laughs> the, to my thinking, the smaller one was left by Dionysus, the other by Heracles. But like, what does that mean? Less? Is it a guy's ten, or is it like ninety nine point seven five feet long? And he's like, well, I'll be damned. This one's exactly a hundred, and that one's not quite. <laughs> yeah. Just a smidge. 
just a smidge. Or it's like a toddler. It's a it's a little teeny eeny weeny toddler like four month old shoe. Right. Yeah. Just ah, a yes. little baby. There. There was where Mighty Hercules trod his step in his toddler's four. Excellent. <laughs> they they continue a little further in, and and we went on, but had not gone far when we came upon a river of wine. Okay. So they find a river of wine, and they dip their their um. Uh, uh, wineskins in, and they they fill it up, um, and, uh, and 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 they follow this river upstream, and he, and uh, Lucian writes, "What I found was not a source, but a number of large grapevines full of clusters. Beside the root of each flowed a, a spring of clear wine, and the springs gave rise to the river. There were many fish to be seen in it, very similar to wine in color and in taste." In fact, on catching and eating some of them, we became drunk. <laughs> and when we cut into them, we found they were full of leaves, of course. So it's not just enough that they come to this island that there's a sign that says that Heracles and Dionysus were here. It's not just enough that there's a river of wine. They find wine fish that... <laughs> wine fish. Wine fish. That if you bite into them and eat them, you get drunk. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm in. Take me away, Josh. Let's, <laughs> Take me let's away. cruise. Let's do it. Um, and so they, as you can imagine, they spend some time there. But of course, like all good things, their stop at that island ha- has to come to an end. And so they they fill up on supplies and they make out again. And um, they're only sailing for a little bit when uh, he later writes, about noon, when that island was no longer in sight, a great whirlwind suddenly arose spun the boat about, raised her into the air about 300 furloughs, and did not let her down into the sea again. Hmm. So almost like a, a Wizard of Oz twister thing. This Here's a, here's a, here's a, a cyclone that, that, that picks it up, carries it around. He writes, for seven days and seven nights, we sailed the air. And remember, this guy's a satirist. He's like taking the piss out of all these other travelogues. Um, so for seven days and seven nights, we sailed the air. And on the eighth day, we saw a great country resembling an island, bright and round and shining with a great light. Mark, where do you think this whirlwind took Lucian and his travel companions? A great, a great shining island? A great shining island. Where do you think they ended okay, up? Okay, so I'm going to say either like the top of Olympus mm-hmm. or Chicago, the Windy City. <laughs> well, because they also have that like bean sculpture, right? That's really shiny. Yeah, they, I, I've seen the bean. I, I touched the bean touched in there. Chicago. Well, <laughs> those are both excellent guesses. Those are both excellent guesses, but um, not not quite it. They they um, so so they threw their anchor down and they they landed on this island, bright and round and shining. Uh, and so they're trying to figure out where they are when suddenly, like the natives appear. Okay. And the natives are, uh, well, I'll just let Lucian say, we determined to go still further inland, but we met what they call the vulture dragoons and were arrested. These are men riding on large vultures and using the birds for horses. Neat. I'm in. And so he says the vulture dragoons are commissioned to fly about the country and bring before the king any stranger they may find. So, of course, they arrested us and brought us before him. They wandered into this place that apparently is somebody's kingdom. 
and I, I, I just won't. So, so they meet the king. His name is Endymion, and I'll just reveal the secret. They landed on the moon. They landed on the moon. <laughs> There's vultures on the moon. There's their riders carry some harpoons. <laughs> There's, there's they they land on the moon, and 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 they're and they're 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 trying to make sense of everything. But they landed on the moon at the worst possible time because the moon and all of the moon men, they are in a war against the people who live on the sun. Okay. <laughs> and this war broke out. <laughs> this war broke out. <laughs> Because stupid. I know it's so stupid. Oh, <laughs> oh just wait. It gets so good. Okay, so good. okay. Go ahead. <clears throat> the moon men and the sun men, they're fighting because both of them wanted to colonize the morning star. They both wanted to send a colony to the morning star, but they happened to... So Lucian and, and his buddies came to the moon like in the middle of a war and it's awful and terrible and, and the moon and the sun people are fighting. And um, so if all the... People on the moon ride vultures into battle. The people of the sun ride giant ants. Again with the giant All ants. Right. And so you have to know. So so this, so he's writing this some, you know, 500 years, 600 years after Herodotus. So it, mm-hmm. so you can see here he's like making fun of like, oh, yeah, there's some yeah, giant he's ants. Good shit. Yeah, yeah. And so and so they uh, and so. Lucian and his buddies kind of get, yeah, kind of get conscripted into fighting for the Moon Men, um, and uh, uh, there's there's a big battle. But unfortunately, I guess for them, the people of the Sun win, but they drop like a reasonable peace treaty, and so it's not like they're gonna get um, like sold off into slavery or, or or anything like that. Yeah. But and and there's this prolonged uh, description of the battle there, um, with just like very silly um, combatants, as you can imagine. Let's see here. There, yeah. So so there's the vulture dragoons. There's the ant dragoons. There are people who wear kind of like fox skin armor. Um, there are people. Huh. There there are uh, crane dragoons. I guess people who also ride giant cranes in the battle. Um, there's people who are shooting like acorns instead of throwing stones, um, <laughs> and uh, and and so the, there's this whole battle going on, and after everything has calmed down, um, Lucian learns a, a, a little more about what life is like on the moon because that's a big part okay. of travel too. Like you go to a new area, there's new people, they have different customs, they have different traditions and things like that, um, and. Uh, um, Lucian writes after the battle and after the peace treaty um, when when they reached the moon so they were kind of held captive for a bit but they got back to the moon uh, we were met and, and tearfully welcomed by our comrades and by Endymion himself, the, the king uh, he wanted me to stay with him and join the colony promising to give me his own son in marriage because there are no women in their country there are no moon women there's only moon men Okay. And well, okay. well, well, he he goes on and, and explains how this apparently works, um, and he says like uh, um, he he perceived that uh, we wanted to go, and so he let us go after entertaining us for for seven days. Um, in in the interval when I was living on the moon, 
I observed some strange and wonderful things that I wish to speak of. In the first place, there is the fact that they are not born of women, but of men. They marry men and do not even know the word, the word woman at all. Up to the age of 25, each is a wife and thereafter a husband. And that's, hmm. they just do that. Um, all right. Good, good for them. They, they carry their children in the calf of the leg instead of the belly. So like dudes who have like swole calf muscles, maybe there's a moon so baby. I'm, I'm, I'm packing twins. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have twins. You have twins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and so that's, that's how they do that. Uh, but there's also, they also, and Lucian says, if that's not enough, let me tell you about this, but I will tell you something else still more wonderful. They have a kind of men whom they call the arboreals that are brought into the world as follows. Excepting a man's right genital gland, they plant it in the ground. From it grows a very large tree of flesh resembling the emblem of Priapus. It has, uh. it has branches and leaves, and its fruit is acorns a cubit thick. <laughs> when these cool. ripen, they harvest them and shell out the men. <laughs> so... There's a whole. But so then those are like, you're either having calf baby or tree baby, but the tree babies, they sound like they're like, they like three feet tall. Like they're almost like half grown little humans. Yeah. Right? I, and they, and, and you, uh, please forgive me if this is too crass, but you lit but you literally bust a nut, um, to <laughs> have the arboreals. <laughs> you have to, you have to nut into the ground and then it ripens <laughs> and then you bust a nut and then out comes one of these arboreal ar guys um <laughs> i know that's a little that's a little crass i know i know oh yeah that's the worst thing that's we've the ever worst talked thing about. we've ever talked about so Go visit our comedy episode which is yeah. quickly becoming our most downloaded episode yeah. yes exactly I, and so i could spend a whole lot more time going into the moon um but but that's just part of it. And and a, a lot of times Lucian is sometimes credited, sometimes called like one of the first science fiction writers because this story is he and his buddies, like they, they travel up to the moon and they're living there. I, I don't Science fiction-y as hell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And, and it's like, I'm sure some people could be like, oh, well, technically that's maybe low science fiction instead of high science fiction. But you know what, whatever. It's fine. Um, but Lucian actually goes on and he visits, like this is... Like going to the moon is chapter two, and he just he just goes yeah. on and on and on. So, when he finally leaves the moon and bids farewell to his new friends, um, he actually kind of gets Geppettoed uh, slash uh, Jonahed and is eaten up. Okay. And he's and he's eaten up by a giant whale. And this whale is um, let me see let me see if I can find it. This is like a stupid huge whale. The the whale is. 150 miles long. <laughs> and what can a little tiny boat do against a whale that's 150 miles long? Of course it's going to get eaten up. Luckily, it doesn't get smashed up um, with its teeth. It kind of like sails, sails through the teeth. Um, and as you can imagine, Mark, inside the whale is another civilization uh, people who yeah, it's 150 miles long. Why not? Somebody's got to be what 40 square miles. Do it up. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and it's not even that they're just like barely eking by the people who live in this well. They they 
built a temple to Poseidon. Um, they they're they're actually doing doing pretty well. They're they're doing pretty well in there. Um, uh, and then uh, a little bit later on, a bunch of giants get washed up into the whale. And these giants are so huge that instead of boats, they sail islands. They sail different islands. <laughs> um, okay. There's also. So okay, so wait, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're in a whale, mm-hmm. and inside of that whale mm-hmm. are giants, and on those and those giants ride upon islands that are also inside the whale. Yeah, yeah. It's an enormous Okay, moving on. Good. Okay, no question. It's an go. enormous whale. Um and so so but there aren't just humans living within this whale. There's also again some kind of Lovecraftian um sea folk. And uh one of these are called the um Uh, Lucian writes um, in the western part of the forest again this this forest that's also growing in a whale um, the tail part <laughs> in this part of, of the forest live the broilers an eel-eyed lobster-faced people that are warlike and bold and carnivorous Jesus so if um, the the decapods from Futurama were maybe a little oh, yeah. a little so yeah there's a bunch of like Zoidbergs running around inside this whale. Um, <laughs> hooray! The whale is open. To, oh, and and that's another thing. Um, because they're inside a whale, like you can't have a sundial to to tell time. But right. But just coincidentally, the whale opens its mouth once an hour to breathe, and so that's how they're okay. that's how they're they're able to keep time. Because a because a little later on, like he lives here for like two years or something like that, and and he says. Yeah, in the eighth month of the second year, at about two o'clock, because the whale opened his mouth twice. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but um, there's also mergoats that are men on the top half, but then catfish below. I don't know why they're mergoats, but that's what they are. Okay. Um, there are crab claws and cod heads, clan crawfish and uh, sole feet. And so there's just a whole litany of... Yeah, Lovecraftian deep ones that are living inside. Yeah. That are living inside this whale too. Um, but again, we we can't even stay that long in the whale because after after they 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 get tired of it, they light a fire, uh, and instead of sneezing them out, they just like straight up kill the whale. Some they they lit the fire in the perfect place and it died somehow. Um, but they keep sailing, and some of their other stops along this voyage, um, they sail they sail through a sea of milk. And they land on an island of cheese. Yeah. Um, they eventually end up on the Isle of the Blessed, one of the like kind of realms of the afterlife. And they spend a whole bunch of time there, hanging out with uh, all these heroes from the Trojan War. Um, so they're hanging out with Ajax and Theseus and Menelaus. Um, they're also hanging out with Homer and Alexander the Great. Um, and uh, there, there's some philosophers there that, again, Lucian kind of dunks on a little bit. He, he's kind of he's, he's making fun of some of these uh, philosophers. He says something to the effect of like, um, yeah, like in, in this uh, Isle of the Blast, everybody just they just have sex with whoever they want. And there's no shame. They just do it. Uh, except for that Plato guy. He's still platonic. Oh, like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And so he is. He's, he's he's having a lot of fun, um, and 
and and then of course they they eventually have have to leave the Isle of the Blessed. Um, and right next by is the Isle of the Damned, the Isle of the Cursed. And um, Lucian has this little bit to say, and he says the worst punishment. So so they're sailing by the island and they hear people crying and it's really sad. And he says the worst punishment of all fell to those who told lies while living and who wrote things that weren't true. Among them, Herodotus. <laughs> uh, dunked. Dunked. So, so it is. He's 360 no-scope. 360 no-scope. In your face, Herodotus. Um, and so he goes on a couple other minor journeys, minor excursions. Uh, but, but this is how he ends it. This is how he ends it. He says, Thus far I have told you what happened to me until I reached the other world. First at sea, then during my voyage among the islands and in the air, then in the whale... And after we left it among the heroes and the dreams, and finally among some people called the bullheads and the ass legs, as in like donkey. Um, mm-hmm. But what happened in the other world, I shall tell you in the succeeding books. But there aren't any more. He didn't write any more. Oh, no. <laughs> and apparently, as somebody was copying this manuscript down, uh, they wrote something in the margin. And, and so the, 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 the footnote here says, as a disgruntled Greek scribe remarks in the margin, this is the biggest lie of all. So, <laughs> so it's not just enough that he said he went to the moon and he did all this other stuff. It's that he didn't even follow up with parts two and three and four. <laughs> so yeah, Lucian, he's a funny guy. He, he has some other pretty funny stuff that maybe... Maybe I'll have what to. What year was that? I think I, I missed it. I think. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, so this was second uh, century CE. So, like, we... that is that is so amazing to me that just like yeah. And I'm sure he's not the first one to talk about like oh no, there's like vulture riders up on the moon, but he's the first one that we know about. That's yeah. But from back then too, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 And and he is. He, and so he's like, he's kind of like satirizing and, and making fun of all these all these other travel logs, and he's saying like, look, like. Maybe some other people, you can't trust them, but but you can trust me because everything that I write here is, it's all on the up and up. Um, and then he just well, and figure what this is. He's getting this, so he's probably getting stuff from the from the olden days. What this is five hundred years old at this point, right? Give or take. Yeah, five six. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm sure he's got to be in the same boat of like, okay, but did Herodotus really do any of this? Right. Right. Well, and, uh, yeah. and like, I don't know, like maybe, I don't know. Well, cause he, cause he, he, he does. He, he very specifically, uh, has references to Herodotus and even to like Homer and some of the other poets. Right. There's, there's a, there's an Aristophanes comedy called the clouds where a bunch mm-hmm. of birds make this utopia in the sky. And Lucian writes, Oh yeah, I totally sailed by cloud cuckoo land. Um, like I didn't go in, but I but I saw that they're clearly there. And that Aristophanes guy, he's he's pretty sharp. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, this guy's clearly very much informed and educated, and knows all these references and knows all these things, so that he can yeah he can uh, uh, make make a make jokes about it. So more than anything, you probably liked him. Like oh yeah yeah there there, there is there, there's that thing of like. Uh, I, I don't even know if this is like imitation is a sincerest form of flattery, but it is. He's he knows all these references. He's clearly expecting 
anybody who reads uh, his work to to know these things as well. And yeah, there's there's just lots. But you got to be smart to. Get, this okay, so Lucian's sort of like proto Rick and Morty. You gotta be kind of smart yeah. to kind of get it. You have to have a certain IQ. And then there IQ. was like yeah. Lucian fans that were just real assholes. I want tzatziki sauce. Yeah, <laughs> it's me, Olive Lucian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, right. I think I think that I think that's just about it. In my opinion, you have to you have to have a certain IQ to really to really appreciate Lucian. Or whatever that copy pasta is, but that's cool. I need to. I need to look into that. I'll, that seems... I will send you a link, and I'll and I'll put a link. Um, I'll 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 make sure that, that we have a link for. Uh, cool, cool, yeah. But so, so so you know, cool. I get a lot of weird uh, dream quests for unknown Kadath in that too. Like Randolph mm. Carter, like mm-hmm. sleeps his way through like an underground city, or like he, he so he like descends. Yeah. You know, I'm, you've read it, you know. But he, like, descends into the depths of sleep, but, like, he goes and flies on the cats to the moon and wars with the moon cats versus right, the right. other evil cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he flies, like, the Shantak bird. I don't know. It's kind of... I wonder if Lovecraft read Lucian and was like, oh, these are kind of fun. Yeah, I... That, 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 I'm sure that he would have, like... Well, and even... His weird, like, super rigid upbringing of, like, only read this stuff. I bet they were like, no, no, read this Lucian guy. He's good. He's a white yeah. guy. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he does. I I skipped over it, but he does have a brief stop in like Dreamland. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and he like kind of hangs out there for a little bit. He, he doesn't go into quite as much detail. Um, just I need to check this out. Yeah, like... yeah, definitely. There. Well, and I don't think I'll spoil this. And if and if anything, I'll just uh, set set the stage for you even more. Uh, but Lucian even has an encounter with probably your best buddy's Mark. Oh, he uh, comes across pumpkin pirates. <laughs> And as you could imagine, they're pirates that sail about in big pumpkins. Oh my god, I'm so into it. I'm so into it. Yeah. So yeah, Lucian's awesome. Um he also he has a bunch of other funny stuff. There there's one piece that I would love to read a little bit more. Um it's a different kind of satire and it may not even it it's attributed to him, but we don't know if it's actually his. Um but he has an he has an essay called the consonants at law, sigma versus tau in the court of the seven vowels. Oh my god! So he has like a lot. <laughs> so he has like a fan fiction episode of Law and Order where uh, sigma sues the letter tau for some reason. <laughs> oh man! Why is six afraid of seven today on the people's court? Do do yeah. Do, do. <laughs> uh, oh, All right. Man. Well. So yeah, Lucian is the awesome. travels of Lucian and his true stories. Yeah, his true story. I would. It, it, he he is one. Yeah, he's he he's one that we're gonna have to come back to a couple different. And I know we are both kind of mentally keeping a list and sometimes writing this stuff down. But he's one that we definitely should come back to um, more and more. Um, and 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 yeah, I guess uh, I I I came across this kind of last right before recording today. And there's no way that I realistically could have tackled this. Um, like this would have to be like a, a year-long project, literally, or maybe even a couple-year-long project. Uh, but the great Jules Verne, French author, um, he has like an entire collection or um, or series of, again, not quite travel logs, maybe more in the Lucian vein, more kind of like science fiction-y, more fantasy, extraordinary stuff. 
Uh, but right. yeah, but yeah, he has um, this um, this whole set of novels, and that's the other thing too. These are novels, like Lucian. It's like okay, uh, it's, you know, maybe like a couple chapters or whatever. No, there's like novels uh, called the Voyages Extraordinaire because I love fake speaking French. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and there's 54. This dude wrote 54 novels um, between 1863 and 1905. Uh, and there's 50. Jesus. Yeah, there's 54 novels, in, in, including things like A Voyage to the Moon, like the um, early silent film was what was mm-hmm. made from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Around the World in 80 Days. Um, so, so, so all of these things, like, like these are included. And there's a part of me that wants to say like oh man that would be that would be like a like a, wor- a worthwhile challenge to tackle like read each of these granted in translation because i don't know french but then again it's like i'm i'm in my mid 30s i don't want to devote my rest of the life i don't want to mm-hmm. devote the rest of my life reading these 50 goddamn novels <laughs> but uh but but we'll see we'll see i don't know we'll see we'll see um but Let's maybe take a take a turn away from some of these more fantastical or fictional um, kind of accounts, and let's and let's get into some more recent stuff, uh, and maybe some extreme, maybe some extreme stuff here. Um, and and yeah, this was I I, I had intended to uh, talk about the 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 freighter cruises with, with this part, but but um, there's also yeah, so maybe. Like I was talking about, like uh, maybe you're not that well off, like a Herodotus, like a Pausanias, um, like a like a Lucian, or even just to dream up the stuff. Maybe you can't actually travel. One option is to do something like a like a freighter cruise. Um, another option is just a stowaway. And so we're gonna maybe talk about some kind of crazy stories of people who have stowed away on. Uh, planes, trains, and boats. You can, I, I guess, I guess you could stow away on a car, but that's like just hitchhiking without telling the person. I don't know. Plane, trains, and aquatomobiles. There, oh, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. Um, and yeah, King of the Hill did it. You jump in the back of a semi truck and drive to Arizona on accident. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 And so, and so, yeah, maybe, maybe starting off with planes, um, I found a whole number of incidents of, uh, men, and it's almost always men. I, at least from what I could see, there are this very rarely do women do this, but men who jump onto the wheel well of like massive jet engine planes. So like, there's like the wheels as it's going down the runway and then the in the like uh, legs that 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 keep that suspend the plane and then they retract up into the body of, of the plane not pressurized not climate controlled but people have like tried to hide in there uh to, to fly somewhere and um, astonishingly some of them actually do survive one of the earliest recorded um cases of this was a a uh, guy named Boss Wee, who was 12. This guy was 12 when he did this. What? In 1946, he cro- okay. Well, that's how you get away with it. Like 1946. Yeah, and so and so not only was security a lot like more lax, but 
these planes didn't necessarily fly as high so it's not like you're getting into the extreme cold temperatures it's not like you're getting into like decompression sickness um yeah. and, and all that stuff but he flew kupang indonesia to darwin australia and he survived and he became a naturalized citizen 12 years later and married and just lived his best life <laughs> Jesus. There's a, another unidentified male, also on a Douglas DC-3. That's the one that Boswe, um that's the aircraft that Boswe flew on. Um, this, this unidentified male, uh, the following year, 1947, uh, flew from Lisbon, Portugal to Natal, Brazil. So this guy did a transatlantic flight, just hanging out in a wheel well of a, of a plane. God damn yeah it's and so like imagine doing that like i i just i just can't i can't i can't imagine no i don't know if you're going to touch on it but there was an australian named reg spears who did that in like 70 something to compete in the olympics no way really yeah he i want to okay this is like sorry i'm trying to pull no 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 no, do it Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was like a uh, he was a, a a sprinter or something. He was a track guy for the Olympic team. Couldn't get the funds to go to whatever the Olympic, whatever the way in. I don't know the the Olympic Commission way in or whatever in England. Mm-hmm. So he just jumped. He put himself in the cargo box and flew himself from Australia to England. I want to say, holy cow! No, that I... like nineteen seventy something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, like, let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let do me it. Check really quick. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Not trying to like totally. No, that's awesome. You, no, but... that is awesome. Please, yeah, please do, because that that was one that I had had not seen. Um. So Reg Spears, born uh, December nineteen forty one. He was a he. Okay, sorry. He was a javelin thrower. Mm-hmm. That not a track guy. Well, that's um, a, a track and field. Yeah, I mean, same say, say, same difference. Six to one. Yeah. I you know not to not to poo poo your. Um, <laughs> Your, your track there. No, oh, sure. Uh, it was the 1964 Olympics. He traveled to England to attempt to qualify for the English team in the summer, but it didn't work. Mm. Oh, and then he, okay, so that's what it was. He so he he traveled to England to get onto the to the to get onto the English uh, javelin team, and he couldn't get back to Australia, so he built a box and flew himself back home. <laughs> just just hit up there. Oh my god, yeah. That, that's wild. Um, that's wild. Referred to as a heroic, albeit borderline delusional, gumption for his actions, Spears eventually made it to Perth, although he nearly dehydrated on the runway in in Mumbai. Wow. <laughs> that's, oh my God, that's crazy. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, and Later, so- he was arrested for having $1.2 million of cocaine and cannabis resin in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> This dude is Which, legit. if you're gonna sh- fucking ship yourself, whatever, dude, start drug dealing. If you if you survive yeah. <laughs> a trans a transcontinental flight in a box and you don't die in Mumbai, that is your blank check to do whatever the hell you want. If you want to sell drugs, you go sell drugs, man. Cause like, oh my god, that's awesome. The world don't give a good goddamn. Yeah, that's oh my god, that's too that's too crazy. <laughs> well, and so the the most recent the most recent um. One of these uh, uh, people to, to, to stow away uh, in a wheel well was a Kenyan national, 16 years old, Whoa. who flew from um, uh, England to uh, the Netherlands in an Airbus in an Airbus A330, um, and that was back in February of this year, so just like three months ago. 
Oh, wow. And he survived, but he was hospitalized. Uh, but apparently nothing too severe, nothing, nothing too um, uh, critical. Uh, but I don't want to sort of paint a false picture here because um, I've been talking about all the people who have survived. Um, yeah. But it's something like 75% uh, do, do not make it. They either uh, experience hypothermia, they get, uh, sometimes they get crushed in the mechanics of these um, landing oh, gear man. coming up. Um, a lot of, well, maybe not a lot, but sometimes they even just fall. They even just fall. And there's kind of a, um, there's a, there's a sad story um, from the from the 1970s, um, February 22nd, 1970, an Australian teen named Keith Sapsford snuck onto the tarmac at Sydney Airport and hid inside a Tokyo-bound plane. And a dude just happened to be taking a picture of this plane flying, uh, of this plane taking off, and he captured this teenager um, falling out of the sky. And it's it is it's a, it's a pretty startling picture. To see, like, here's a dude who is falling out of a goddamn airplane and Jesus. not going to make it. Um, so, no. so, so, yeah, I don't. I, I, it is, it is something noteworthy and incredible, and a lot of times it is. There are there, are, there are people who are either trying to escape to a to a better country or fleeing uh, persecution. Uh, I, maybe some thrill seeking. I don't know. I don't know something like that. But um, but yeah. So it yeah. is. It, it is kind of crazy. Uh, and and then I I also maybe on a happier note. Um, we also have a a story. Uh, on July thirty first, twenty thirteen, on a flight from Athens to Zurich, in the undercarriage of an Airbus A three two one, um, there was a cat who stowed away. And made it safely. Oh no! Made it safely. Yay. Made it safely <laughs> from Greece to Switzerland, and uh, I'm sure was not not very happy because that's what cats do. They find a warm spot, they take a nap. The next thing yeah. you know, you're flying above the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man! Yeah, but I also. I also found this article. Um, this is this is from the New Yorker, and uh, this was written by Lori Gwen Shapiro back in January of 2018. And apparently, in the late 1920s, um, the fad there was this little craze. It was super popular for a while, just to do that, just to stow away, to like get onto an airplane, to get onto a ship, and uh, yeah, it that that's just what young people did <laughs> so um and so uh, a couple of interesting um stories out of out of this article by shapiro for for the new yorker uh here here's one um in may of 1928 a 19 year old german uh johannes uh, turning tried his luck at crossing from hamburg to new york and so i i guess he's sort of like the proto um uh, red 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 spears here he so trying to go from Hamburg to New York, he had himself nailed inside a long shipping box that was labeled household goods and was <laughs> and was filled with provisions, five gallons of water, 
sausages, seven loaves of pumpernickel, and a hammock. <laughs> Which, wow. That's, so he, was, he knew what was up. Like, he was... Yeah, he had this planned out. He had, he had his water. He had, and I also love that he was just leaning into his heritage here where... German pumpernickel. Yeah. What did he bring with him for, for food? Sausages and pumpernickel. <laughs> yeah. And I bet... I bet he wanted to try to get some beer in there, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, what they don't tell you is that it was it wasn't water. He, he yeah, it was light. just he just brought a bunch of Coors Light with him. <laughs> That's the second Coors Light slam I've made tonight. I'm sorry, I don't know what my problem is. I just it's all right. It's all right. And so and, and, and so yeah, the uh, the plan was to send himself uh, COD to a fake address on West 84th Street. And it, so you couldn't have to pay, pay for exactly, it. Yeah, exactly. All right, all and, right. and it almost worked. Um, yeah. 12 days later, as the ship was being readied for unloading, so he made, so he sailed across. He sailed across. He, he's already in America. He already won. Yeah. He, he already won. So, so um, the ship was, was getting readied for, for, un, for unloading, and a dock worker stood the box straight up, turning the stowaway on his head because he... You know, he forgot to say the fragile this side up. He, he, he forgot <laughs> to make sure that that box was stamped uh, or painted or whatever. But he got turned upon his head. And of course, he kind of like uh, it, it said he cried out and the dock worker pried open the box. Probably something along the lines of a shysa. <laughs> mein Gott. <laughs> Gott in Himmel. Gott in Himmel. Was ist das? <laughs> My sausages, they are ruined. The sausages were overturned. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Household goods don't worry about their sausages. <laughs> then, or he opens it up. Ah, oh, danke schön. I am the German cook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have brought some sausages. And so, and so as you could imagine... Um, you know, like this guy's probably probably facing some pretty harsh punishments. He's going to get sent back to Germany, uh, but no, he uh, apparently his story got put in some newspapers, and he became maybe not like a local legend or a national icon, but he but he had popular support, and so really, and so newspaper readers helped a stowaway evade punishment. Uh, New Yorkers were amazed by by his ingenuity, and he was dubbed the Coffin Stowaway. And a Catholic charity uh, volunteered to sponsor him. And um, oh. Eugene Sachs, the president of a brokerage, I don't know if it's like that, Sachs, like Goldman Sachs, but uh, th this guy offered him a job uh, which convinced officials not to deport him. And so maybe that's it. Like, maybe you just find something flashy. Like, don't don't try to, like, you know, swim across or jump the fence or, like, like come up with a, with a flashy plan that that the public will that that will endear you that, that will endear you to the public and that's how you get citizenship maybe maybe give that a try um. yeah <laughs> didn't really work for Elian gonzalez but whatever. yeah true true and, and you know maybe maybe you know that maybe that might have worked uh, 90 years ago maybe less effective now 95 years ago whatever that was but um but it's crazy you just you just do it you just nah i'm gonna build me a, i'm gonna build me a little crate put a hammock in it call it good like yeah it's, yeah it's crazy well and uh I, I guess another another story but almost in the opposite direction um here's 
here's a story about uh, someone who stowed away not on a plane, not on a boat, but on a Zeppelin. Oh, no way. Wow, it's a Zeppelin. Um, <laughs> and so this is... this. Which, is... okay, before you get into this, mm-hmm. how fucking cool... I'm sorry, maybe I'm a nerd, maybe I'm like a closet steampunk nerd or something, but how cool are Zeppelins? Like Zeppelin, we, we need to bring back Zeppelins. <sighs> That's so. I awesome. would. I would ride the hell. Out. Can you imagine? Like you gotta. You just don't need to worry about time, and you gotta. You wanted like. Right. I want to come visit you in, in Columbus or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the, I'm just gonna hop on this fucking rigid airship. It'll take me a week to get there. But man, well, it's gonna be cool. Like that. That, that was literally the idea behind like the first cruise ships, where it's like. It's the same idea. And it people is. love cruises. Why not air cruises? That, that that's it's it's literally an airship, and and you could do a whole thing like, and, and I'm sure like you'd have to figure out the whole. Okay, how can we maximize like our 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 customers and doing things like that? But you know, that's not impossible. There there, there are absolutely ways to ways to do that. So yeah, bring bring back zeppelins. Bring back airships. That'd be awesome. Uh, well, and, yeah. and 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 even this guy. So this is um, this is uh, Clarence Terhune, um, nineteen years old, uh, who on October 29th, nineteen twenty eight, hitched a free ride aboard the Graf Zeppelin on its maiden flight. On its maiden flight, as it returned from Lakehurst, New Jersey, to Germany. So he was the opposite of the first guy. The, the, he, he was com- he was coming from Germany. Um, to the United States, uh, Clarence was going from New Jersey to Germany, which I can't really blame him for that. Uh, <laughs> but it says uh, Clarence, a golf caddy, was also an experienced stowaway who took to riding for free on trains and ships. Uh, and he rarely paid for transportation because he either hitchhiked or rode along with the train hobos, which we're going to get to them. And so he made a bet with his brother-in-law. It's it's not even that he wanted to go to Germany. He it, this was just straight up on a bet, um, <laughs> and so he did. He made a bet with his brother-in-law that he could hop the Zeppelin, and so he moved to New York before it arrived, and he was kind of staking it out. Um, and when the day came, he simply evaded security and snuck on board. Man, it must have been so easy too. And he so it said this is the best part. This is the best part too, and so this guy's just hanging out doing his thing. Um, he came out of his hiding place once the aircraft was over the mid-Atlantic, uh, was promptly discovered, and he was put to work by the crew in the kitchen for the duration of, of the chip, of, of the trip. They, so they don't even care. They just have him do dishes. Yeah, they, they literally just made him a dishwasher, which also kind of ties into the, to the um, freighter crews. It's like, okay, well, you're here. Um, might as well get busy. <laughs> And so, uh, and so, so uh, Clarence, when, when they landed, he said, uh, the, this, the, this write-up says, Clarence was arrested when the Zeppelin landed, but was immediately released and instead given a hero's welcome by German citizens who were so elated with his adventure that they invited him to stay at their homes. <laughs> See, that's so weird too to me. Like, you pull that shit today, the world would turn on you. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. It's... No one's going to be proud of you being a dumb shit, like... Yeah, but this. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you have like the, I guess you, the ones that do it for the lulls or whatever that are that are. But mm-hmm. I don't. You know what I mean? Like you can't get away with this stuff. Even he said like he evaded security. You yeah. can't evade security. That's not a. Th- 
You can evade security. That's no. Yeah, you're not gonna. They, they've been tracking you since you got since you got into New York. Like right. Yeah, you would already be on so many people's lists, and as you're texting your brother-in-law making this bet, the 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 NSA is reading that, and already things are getting triggered. So yeah, there's no way. There's no way you could just like casually la da da. I'm gonna. But then also the dude just moves to New York for a prank. So this guy's like yeah. got to be independently wealthy, right? Like, or just and I'm not hating. Yeah, or I guess this is the OG version of punked. <laughs> they like open up the crate and oh, it's me, Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Wasn't it funny? I don't know why he's German, but yeah, like yeah, yeah, no, makes sense. It's me, Clarence, and this is punked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... and this is rib tickling. I whatever they whatever. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. So, so, so yeah, it, it, it is. It's just, it was, it was a simpler time, a simpler age. People were less stressed out and yeah, you could just hop onto an airship and it would be, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, let's see here. Um, and, and yeah, I guess, I guess one of the last things that I kind of had prepped was just the idea in generally, and there's a whole, there's an entire culture about this, um, you know, uh, about specifically hobos, kind of during the Great Depression, but also broader um, of either, yeah, like train hopping or train surfing, where it's, I guess, even less uh, clandestine, but you just you just hang out with like 50 other dudes on the top of a train as it's going along. And like, that's just that what you do. That one's insane to me. Yeah. Like riding just the top of it. Uh, any part of that, like... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Never mind. Oh, sorry, no. sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. But 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 it but it was. It was just like essentially since the inception of trains, and even well before like 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 passenger cars, like like proper passenger cars. Um, if there was a train, odds were good there was just a dude riding it. <laughs> yeah. Who wasn't technically supposed to? Who wasn't like supposed to be there? And even like so, I'm I'm just looking. I'll I'll be honest. I'm just even looking at the Wikipedia page for for train surfing. And there's a there's a horse pulled rail car, so even before like a steam engine, like people are doing this. Like it's a horse pulling an early train car, and there's like eight people. We've just... been lazy for years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it is. It's just like oh, you headed this way. Well, that's kind of the direction where I'm going. Or I don't know. I'm just I want to do something different. Yeah. Let me hop on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right, 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 right. So, but yeah, what were you going to... Um... Well, so like, okay, so you're talking about writing in the tops of it or whatever, but I've read a lot of stuff of like, or not a lot, but I've read some stuff about, you know, like hobos and the railroad culture and stuff, and they talk about like, some dudes would just hang underneath the coupling. Yeah, that's called, oh, I just, oh, I thought I had that tab. Hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's... Cause it's there's something a... terrible too, like... Well, there's a specific, um, uh, yeah, uh, 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 when you ride the rods, that's what it is. Ride the rods, yeah. Yeah, so so there. And you're just hanging on. Yeah, just a a foot, a foot and a half above the ground, and you're just yeah. that's just what you're doing. That's just what you're doing. <laughs> Which I imagine it would be like it would drive you insane for the first like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd be and like super freaked that, out. And then after that, like you're kind of like, okay, I'm in this horribly loud thing. I've got my belt tied around this pole that i hope doesn't give out and i'm squeezing it for dear life but 
the breeze is nice. It's a pretty day. It's not raining. Like yeah, I, I'm kind of catching a glimpse of this beautiful rolling nation of ours through the through the wheels. And sh- I don't, I don't know. Well, and it's it's that idea too of like, um, oh, the, the only expression that's coming to mind is familiarity breeds contempt. I don't know if that's yeah. quite it, but it is. It's like I'm sure the first time you ride the rods, you're freaked out and your heart is pound. Like the first time that I had to get into a genie lift to uh mm. to to mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. uh focus lights on our dead hung pipes in the auditorium my knees were shaking and i was sweating up a storm i had to i essentially had to like change change shirts afterwards i was so stressed out the first time i did that and then yeah by like the fourth time i was like ah i was like leaning halfway off the side and ah, i don't want to take this all the way down to get my wrench i'll just i'll just lean over and tighten the screw with my hand or whatever so yeah i'm i'm sure the first uh, couple times you ride the rods or you're on top of a train car. I'm sure that's really stressful. But then, yeah, by the second week of doing that, it's you, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's no big thing. It's no big thing. It's old hat. It's old hat. It's old hat. Um, well, it's even like I, I, the, we talked about it earlier. I, I guess I didn't really talk about it, but I flew from New York State when I was nine months old. I flew to West Virginia when I was three, and then I didn't get on a plane again until 2015, so like 20-something years later. Right. Like, the first time going through TSA security was horrifying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh God, yeah. Especially, I, I was... Like, I was and now the... I've, I've, I've done it a couple times, and nah, whatever's good. yeah. I, I got a story for that too. We'll maybe we'll save that one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I um I had a hand. I, I I flew a handful of times um when I was in grade school. Um, that is to say, before nine eleven, and it was yeah, you could walk on the plane. Yeah, and you smoke literally. On the plane, yeah, and you, you as a ten year old could smoke on the plane. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, I remember uh, yeah very specifically after that, like all the all the bullshit. Well, and, and even um um. Like I mentioned to you, traveling for for the for my various track meets, it's so it's so simple to me. Like I don't even have to think about it. It's just like okay, yeah, yeah. show up, show up two hours before, close my eyes, like blink, and I'm at my gate and and all that. Um, and it's yeah. and it's like I I don't say this, I I don't say this to be mean, but you see people get so stressed out in airports or. That rental cars, like and like traveling, stresses people out. Um, yeah, and maybe it's, it's some of that too. To yeah, and, and maybe it is some of that. Maybe because they don't travel quite as much, or maybe they really have to get there in time, or they don't want to forget anything. And where's grandma or, or, or whatever? Um, did you bring your retainer, Johnny? Did you bring your retainer? Stop yelling at me! And it, it's like people get so stressed out traveling. I'm not throwing her under the bus, but the Mrs. Wizard, she does, she does kind of tend to get really stressed out traveling. And so I'm much more kind of flow with the go, just like, ah, oh, we got randomly selected for extra security. Okay, fine. But, but, but she does, she gets really uptight. She gets really stressed out and, and I get that too. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I'm I'm not trying to judge. I'm not trying to throw shade or anything, but uh, yeah, like versus, one of these dudes just like, well, let's see what's going on in Pittsburgh. And he just like hops onto a moving, moving train car. Right. It's like throws his gunny sack up there and off he goes. <laughs> 
I, I got to give it to Amanda. I think she's the more zen of the two of us. Mm. I am that dude. I, I am the I'm the father of the airport. Like oh yeah, we are we are good. I don't, if our flight leaves at noon, good deal. We're getting there at eight. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Well, like it, I well, our, our, when we le- we were in Seattle a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I think our flight left at like one thirty. And we had to check out of the Airbnb at like eleven. I was and she was like, "What are we doing? Ah, let's go to the airport. It's nine. Ah, let's go to the airport." <laughs> well, and then come to find out, we got there. And as we're pulling in, there was some like weird, huge rush on. Just it decided to get real busy right. or something backed up, and we just watched these people flood in behind us. And we're like, <laughs> and we were like in the middle of a big security line. Yeah. And then there was this like, just you know, it, it was a horde. There they were, bam. And I was like. Huh. Glad we're here, huh? Shut the hell up. Yeah. Well, so so then to to be fair, then I will I will own that at least twice, I have been maybe too laid back and too lax, and totally had to do the whole. Okay, we got our boarding tickets. We got to run to security. Okay, we made it through security. We got to run to our gate. And once was, <laughs> once was actually for our honeymoon. Um, oh shit. Because <laughs> we because we got married in Manitou Springs, right by Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. And compared to like getting up at 2 a.m. in Alamosa to make the four-hour drive to DIA so that you're there at 6.30 for your 9 a.m. flight, for, it was like, we're in Springs. This is, oh, this is so easy. And again, after some marital bliss and enjoying the day and all that, we wake up Sunday. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to take our honeymoon. Wait. What time is it now? What time is the flight again? Oh shit! And then we had the shit. <laughs> and it wasn't so that was that was a little that was a little intense. That was a little intense. Um and then we had another one. We we had another one uh just a couple years ago. We were flying out of Columbus. Um we we're gonna go meet up with family. And a similar kind of thing. So the airport is like fifteen minutes from our house. It I'm spoiled, Mark. It's, yeah. it's again from like years and years of having to wake up in the middle of the night to drive to Denver to drive to Albuquerque. It's, oh yeah, no, like we stay with family in Denver. It's right. not Which yeah, and, I'm not no, like Well, and and like fortunately we're in the position now where it's like no, it makes sense when when we fly back to Columbus, the Colorado to to Ohio flight. We're in a spot where it's like, okay, we we can afford a hotel room. We can we can drive up the night before. We can get a hotel and not have to do that. Um, yeah, that whole thing. Um, but 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 anyway, yes, yeah, so like a similar kind of thing. It's like you were talking about that like flood of people that came in right behind you. Well, a flood of people just happened to come right in front of us. Oh fuck! On like a random Sunday at like six a.m. and we're like, oh mm-hmm. fuck, our flights at eight and we got to deal with all and we made it it was fine it was fine but yeah Yeah. uh and then there was a couple times that yeah like those two instances my laid back was maybe too laid back and (laughs) almost almost missed our flight (laughs) i am panicky up until i am seated on the plane then i'm zen yeah like Mm -hmm. i even okay so if our flight leaves at 12 30 i won't hang a piss after 11 (laughs) 45 Hope you got your business done. We're boarding Group B. Don't know when that might be. All right, I'll wait. Well, like, which is also really saying something for you, because like, yeah, when you got to go, you got to go. So, um, yeah, but yeah, um, I 
I pee a lot, listeners. Like, <laughs> and, that, and that's okay. That's all right. That's also that's yeah. also good. That's also good. Um, but but yeah. So, so yeah, there, there wasn't anything necessarily specific about like freight hopping or um, a train train surfing, anything like that. Other than just to say it's a really popular thing. And then I saw this. Um, I think this was on Reddit where I saw this. It was a little like three or four minute video in one of the South Asian countries. I don't know if the railroads that were built when those regions were uh, uh, colonies and now they're their own uh, nations, maybe not exactly maintained or kept up or see a lot of train traffic anyway, but like people will build DIY little rail cars and they'll just like get some wheels and a little frame and put like what seems to be like a moped mo- motor or like a lawn mower motor on it and like that and, mm-hmm. and, and they get around. And then when two of these things, like if one's traveling east and the other's traveling west on the same tracks, they just kind of flag each other down. Somebody literally just lifts their homemade train off the tracks. The other people keep going their way. They put it back on and, and it is. It's like that's... That's kind of damn cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. I would, yeah, I would, I want to do, I want to do a hand car. I just want to play with one. I know it's not yeah. like a, a giant epic cross country journey, but I want to play with one. Yeah, that'd be, well, my, my grandpa, he, he, he was telling me stories when like he was a teenager, um, college age. Um, he would straight up just like somehow wedge his truck um, into train tracks and just drive. Yeah. And like, if he came across a train, ah, I don't know, he'd, he'd, he'd figure it out. And like, he was telling I me, to, he, I mean, he must have, cause you're here. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it worked out apparently, or maybe he lost a truck or two, <laughs> but no, he would. He, and, and like, he would say like, yeah, Josh, just go do that sometime. Just like go up to one of these old narrow gauge, um, uh, lines up in the mountains there. I just put your truck on there and go drive for like 20 minutes. It's like, Grandpa, I'm not going to do that. In a weird sort of way, I as I was I was as I was also kind of looking up stuff about like yeah, like 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 train hopping, freight hopping and all that. Um and and hobo culture. Of course, one of the one of the best uh truly one of the best songs ever, but also um a a fundamental a quintessential part of of hobo culture is the song Big Rock Candy Mountain. Oh, yeah. With all the kind of fanciful animals and and the boxcars all are empty and the sun shines every day. All the birds and the bees and the cigarette trees, the lemonade springs where the bluebird sings in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. And there's and there's one about, um, uh, there's a lake of stew and a whiskey too. You can paddle all around them in a big canoe. Which... That oddly reminded me of a lot of Lucian, because like Lucian came across a river of wine. That's what I was thinking of while you were talking about that. Yeah, was and like yeah, and the he's just on Big Rock. Yeah, and the and the like sea of milk with the island of cheese. Um, all all, all these like fantastical people that he's meeting, and, and and sort of strange animals and food and stuff. Uh, when he when he goes to the Isle of the Blessed and just like parties all day, that's that's pretty much what the Big Rock Candy Mountain is. It's it's some dude, some hobo took that railroad car, and he ended up dining next to like Ajax and Achilles and, <laughs> and all these all these awesome Greek heroes. 
And so, yeah. so yeah, that that for me at least, that was kind of a as 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 we've talked about on air and off air. Like we're all we're all still pretty much the same. And I'm sure a hobo who happened to, who knows, maybe somebody had a copy of Lucian's A True Story. And as they're sitting around cooking their can of beans or whatever, and they're saying like, well, I could, I could sure live in a island made of cheese and eat fish that tasted like wine and would get you drunk. Like, yeah, of course. What's your over under on how long you can live on Big Rock Candy Mountain? When like when do you need a salad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When do you decide like okay, I I have been I have been literally just sitting on this lake of whiskey just <laughs> dipping my hand in whenever I please. I need to go to work or something cuz right. otherwise I'm just going to become all the booze. I will become a booze fish like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh yeah, the the like Local water nymph or uh, fire water nymph, I guess, as the case may be. She'll, she will get married and then she'll turn me into a mer, merman. Um, but, but yeah. Oh, fuck. That's the life I want. I want to be a merman living in a lake of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Come on. And then I could pop over to Lake of Stew because I'm sure there's like an underground like connecting channel or something. Mm-hmm. Also, what's your be... lake of stew made out of? What type of stew is it? First, I'm perfectly happy with like just a beef stew, nice big chunk, chunks of beef, lots of vegetables, uh, hearty, hearty broth, uh, thick thick broth. That's fine with me. Um, but also to get a little, maybe a little less um, less common, I like minestrone. Minestrone is okay. pretty pretty damn good. So if there was also maybe like a minestrone pond or something, um, I would be. <laughs> There's a pond of minestrone <laughs> when you get sick of beef stew. <laughs> and if you're sick of just Lake whiskey, there's also a pond of brew. Ah, there, yeah, nice, yeah. There we go. Yeah. There it is. There it is. What would be your um, Lake of Stew? headwaters or i don't know whatever <laughs> oh yeah the lake of stew is definitely like a good new england clam chowder oh That's, nice yeah 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 it stinks in the summer but boy i'm glad it's there in the winter oh god it's so good yeah, yeah. okay it's not a lake of whiskey it's a lake of beer what, what, what's the beer made out of any beer you want oh well and, and that is that, that's sort of like the I, I i guess in a way yeah that's the equivalent of like the desert island question like if you could just have one case of beer for a desert island what would it be um i'd say i i'd say i think i I, and i know i just talked about this um i think i'd have to say 1554 by new belgium because that's just so goddamn good although to be fair these this uh dogfish head sea quench ale that's it's it's making a pretty good uh is it all right it's it this is this is pretty good this is pretty good And, and again if you're if you go into it thinking like, okay, this is going to be a carbonated margarita, then yeah, it's 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 grand. It's grand. Nice. That's nice. <laughs> What's your lake of beer or Moscow Mule, I guess, or Dark and Stormy, a Dark and Stormy? Ooh. Lake of Dark and Stormy? Oh, oh. Ooh, we can do... I mean, no, a great... A lake of, no, you know what I want? I want a retaining pond of great white buffaloes. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's yeah, fair enough. Because lest I drink that lake dry and just like <laughs> become the eternal god king of big rock candy mountain. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I had a beer. Yeah, you weren't. I know this is such a deep hole. Mm-hmm. The greatest beer I've ever had in my entire life was something called Faceplant. It was a oh. uh, Dunkelweiss. Yeah. I had it at a theater festival in Helena, Montana, in like 2009. I think it I, was. It I, was like 14. percent It was called Faceplant because you drink one and you faceplant. All the like bar or all the uh, beer tabs mm-hmm. and all the bars had like a dude with like face down skis up in the air. <laughs> No, I think I drank so many of those. I love them. I got a six pack of it in Casper, Wyoming on our way back to uh, Colorado. And that was the last time I ever saw it or or heard of it. It was the best beer I've ever had. And it now is like the unicorn of excellence to me. I think I even like when you got back from that trip and hey, look at that here. Here's here's yet another like instance of like going on a trip, traveling somewhere. Yeah. we can call RMTA a vacation because, oh, no, there's an acting competition. Um, I learned a monologue and then I slept <laughs> through three plays. like, And drank a bunch of faceplant. So, but, but yeah, but, oh, but that's I got part so, of it too. We were so drunk. Like, yeah. We're so drunk. That was the point. You got drunk. Well, and, and, and You talk about being a college athlete. I was a college actor. Yeah. And oh, my God, we didn't try. We didn't do dick. Right. We like loaded in a set hung over as all hell like first thing monday morning assembled it in 45 minutes and then fucked off all the poor lighting bastards had to do their shit and what did i do that's right josh i got shithoused at nine in the morning me and everybody else who wasn't a lighting nerd right like, well and and, and, and and yeah like i i was gonna say like i am almost positive that the week after you got back or something could because I didn't, I, I wasn't on that trip. But like when you got back, you, yeah, you didn't go to that one. You, you were like told the only me. one that didn't go. Yeah. Well, because a lot of Cause times Trudeau that and Andahar and Shane all went, and like that was the big deal because we all were just so shit housed on Faceplant. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, because it was it was often I, I'd have a goddamn track meet or something. But no, like you, I remember you back in two thousand nine when we next met up. You said like Josh, I just had the greatest beer ever. It's called Faceplant. Um, <laughs> But 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 that's part of it too. I think is is like going to different places, and having new food, having new beer, doing different things. Um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite spring breaks. Um, because we would have the indoor national meet, like mid March, and then almost always the week after that was spring break. Maybe it was maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe just maybe they were intentional about that because schools take different spring breaks at different times. Whatever. Um. But my senior year um, uh, in 2009 was, uh, it was in Houston. And my older brother just happened to be living in San Antonio during that time. And so at, and so after the meet wrapped up in Houston, because um, it's like three hours, something like that. It's, it's not too bad of a drive. Um, but yeah, Jake picked me up and I spent spring break. I, I hung out that week in, in San Antonio uh, with him and his... Uh, and his girlfriend at the time. <clears throat> and yeah, I just, I just ate, I ate barbecue. I drank really good beer. I had really good Mexican food. And like, I just did that for a week and it was awesome. It was great. Hell yeah. Um, not, not to take too far away from it, but you, you literally just touched on it with uh, uh, San Antonio. Hmm. But like the, the big thing for me is like, 
um, you read travel blogs and stuff, and it's like, oh, if you don't go to the Space Needle in Seattle, you're a piece of shit. Mm. Or like, if you don't see Fenway Park in Boston, you didn't really see Boston. But I don't believe in that. I don't like landmarks when I travel. Because I can see, like, outside of certain things, like, if I get to go to the Grand Canyon, I will be jazzed as hell about it. Yeah, yeah. That's something I don't think the pictures can replicate. But, like, these landmarks and stuff that people get hung up on, I don't think that's what, like, traveling ought to be. Go see it. Cool. Yeah, whatever. But, like, my big thing, or I guess our biggest thing when we travel is it is literally focused around food Mm -hmm. and drinking. Like, we will hit, like, as many places as we can to, like, locally eat. Like, when we were in Boston, I had a bowl of clam chowder with every single meal. Yeah. (laughs) Even breakfast if they would serve it to me. (laughs) Right, yeah. Because that's just it. Yeah, like, I just wanted to kind of talk about, like, what's your best, what's your top, like, three best meals in traveling? And, like, you know, I touched earlier on, like, the the pumpkin beer at uh, the Cheers Bar in Boston Common. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. that was a really good one, and I will never forget that. But then I also had, like, a mango tea one at Sarnak Brewing in Portland, and it was weird as hell. Kind of hurt me. Yeah. (laughs) Because it hurt me of how bad I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but no, like, that's my big thing is, like, is when you travel, is food a big factor for you? It, or is it more of the, like, how do, I guess, how do you travel? Do you do you care more about the things around you or do you care about what you put into you? Yeah. That makes sense. Right, yeah. So, so my, um, I'll, I'll kind of take a quick roundabout answer to this. So my, so my grandpa, um, that same one who would drive his truck on train tracks, um, he was a psychology professor uh, for, for a long time. And, and there's this idea in psychology called a called a schema and that's sort of like the mm-hmm. that's like the framework of how you interpret the world how you organize things stuff like that and he said that our family um is like 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 definitely has a food schema where yeah when we go to visit each other or if we are going to go on a trip somewhere the the questions we ask are where are good places to eat? What are some of the local cuisines or like different things? And, and so, yeah, we organize our vacations around food and stuff like that. And and I'm not saying we're unique in that way. I know lots of people do versus like what you were talking about. There are other people who organize vacations around like sightseeing or like going and doing stuff or experiencing things. Uh, and, and I'm not saying I just sit and like sure yeah force gorge yourself yeah well I'm like we do stuff we, we go around like but but it is, so so uh my dad and his wife uh uh two years ago now they came out uh from Colorado to to visit us and and, and yeah like the Mrs. Wizard and I we we like drew up a list of like okay what are things that we want to do what are restaurants we want to take them to and so yeah we definitely did that um I'm going to see if I can't get my uh, uh, sister to, to fly out here once she's done with school. Um, it, it, and yes, yeah, same thing. In fact, we were just talking about this yesterday. Like, what are things we want to do? What where, where are restaurants that we want to take her and all that stuff? Um, and then, and then, man, as far as like good. So, so that week in San Antonio, eating barbecue and eating really good Mexican food. That was awesome. Um we so so my mom's side of the family um every two or three years we do a big sort of like family reunion trip and we go on a cruise we go on a little cruise either around the caribbean or one year we did kind of the mexican riviera um on the west coast but we haven't done that mostly it's been the caribbean um but one time we had a 
stop in San Juan, uh, Puerto Rico. And because it's in an official cruise and they have their list of like, check out these excursions, do this shopping, do, I, I guess that's another one too. People go and shop or whatever. Um, yeah. And uh, so we went to like one of the little plazas and we were walking around and we just, uh, uh, the Mrs. Wizard and I, we just found this little restaurant because it was around lunchtime. I was like, okay, let's let's go inside. And I had, um, I I don't think it was paella, but it was pretty much paella. It was like a seafood rice kind of dish. It was so goddamn good. And just like, just there because that's also a thing. All these travel books or guide books or things say um, stuff like, where would the locals go? Find out where the locals go. Don't do all those touristy things. Go to where the locals do. But that's almost just like reinventing that whole thing. You're saying, oh, here's this corporatized book that thousands of other people have bought. It's like, oh, this is the real hidden treasure of Acapulco or whatever. It's so, um, so, but, but we did. We just happened to wander into this place that I think just was a random spot that was open for lunch. And, uh, and oh man, yeah, we had some. Or, or maybe it just was paella. I don't know. Uh, that was really good. Yeah. It's also just kind of fun to, because um, like we there in Southern Colorado, New Mexico, we have a very distinct style of Mexican food, specifically like smothered with green chili. Um, yeah. So it's always kind of fun to. If you don't have heartburn, you did it wrong. <laughs> right, right. And and so that is also kind of fun too. If, um, yeah, like a, a couple times been to California or um florida or you know places like that that also have other other um large kind of spanish culture either from mexico or cuba or whatever that, that's always kind mm-hmm. of fun too to, to try those different uh different cuisines um oh hell yeah 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 i just i, I don't know that's that's a big part of it for me is like just the food is what I think that's like the closest you're going to get to the region. If that makes sense. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I go look at the stuff, but like, whatever, you're not going to taste like anything in the stuff. Go, go find some greasy spoon and eat it. And you might get food poisoning, but you're not probably going to get it. Cause it's 2020 and <laughs> yeah. 2021, you know, like, yeah. Or health ratings are a thing now. Yeah. Or, or if you do, then that's a story you can tell your friends and family for, for the rest of time like oh yeah remember when i went to uh, boston and yeah puke, puke my guts out after although so so to be fair um when when we would go to boston we'd always stay at this one hotel and just like two blo- and and it didn't offer a, a continental breakfast or anything it didn't do anything like that um but a couple blocks north there was the busy bee diner in brookline massachusetts um mm-hmm. and so that's where we would have breakfast and it was run by this family that uh of course had like the thickest boston accents it was so good and one morning we were there uh getting breakfast before the track meet and uh one of our pole vaulters was a really funny guy matt he says like yeah i'll i'll do the uh short stack of pancakes and uh, a couple of fried eggs and then just out of the blue out of the blue the waitress this just salty boston woman <laughs> says you want a side of ham with that? And it just like so took Matt by surprise. He's like, yes. Yes, I would like a side of ham with that. Because <laughs> uh, 
that's what she asked. That's what this yeah. super super thick Bostonian woman. You want a side of ham with that? <laughs> What's the worst meal you've ever had traveling? Oh God. Because damn it, this wouldn't be two wizards if we didn't like take a hard. Right yeah, if we didn't turn light. it off. Oh man, let's see here. I oh man. Because I got mine. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You I mentioned go first. we had taken that train into Providence um, when we went to Boston, mm-hmm. and we rolled into town like way early. Like the the city wasn't even awake yet, mm-hmm. and so we're trying to find a diner. We're trying to find some place to eat. We find this little place that's like highly rated, and it's right there next to Brown University. It was like. Ah, like a quarter mile from where the train station let out. Mm-hmm. And we went there. And, like, Amanda got these weird, like, Belgian waffles, and hers was fine. And um, I'm allergic to eggs. I think I mentioned that before. Yeah. But, like, I got steak and eggs, but I subbed the eggs out just for some potatoes. And I kind of hoped the potatoes might be hash browns, but whatever. Potatoes are brian. I'm easy. And what I got was this weird, like, sad sirloin steak that I ordered medium, and they gave to me, like, well done. <laughs> But it wasn't so much meat as it was a shoe that they reconverted into meat and, like, a grip of sad potatoes that they just diced and, like, looked and, like, threw salt in their general direction. And, like, again, we'd been, we'd been like, on the road since the day before, mm-hmm. and we were now across country, like, the next morning of. Yeah. Watching the sunlight rise over the Atlantic while as you land in Logan is badass, but holy shit, it's tough trying to get motivated to find food so we went there and whatever and then like i ordered a cup of coffee and it was the worst fucking coffee i'd ever had in my life fine whatever i can live it's fine yeah then we go to the cheesecake factory and it's like 12 30 there's this giant mall in the middle of um in downtown providence it's huge it's like five stories it was insane Jeez. and we like we we just kind of like so number one i had walked through the lining of my boots in providence so I was hurting for certain, and I was oh, like, babe, I got to stop and rest. Yeah. And I, like, take them off, and I look at the pad, and, like, it was it was worn through, and, like, I was into the rubber tread, and I was like, oh, oh, shit. Yeah. So, like, there's that. And then I'm starving, and she's like, look, there's a cheesecake factory. Let's just let's just be basic and get it. Yeah. So I get a cup of coffee at 1.30 in the afternoon, and I get it's the worst fucking <laughs> coffee I've ever had, and I'm going to go on record here. This is a long way to go for a short drink of water. Fuck Boston and your coffee. Your coffee is shit, Boston. It is the worst shit I've ever had. Like, everywhere else I ever go, there's just Keurigs with, like, Starbucks Pike's Peak or Pike's Place Roast. Just fuck yourself and get that, because your shit is bad and you should feel bad. So, okay, so I, that actually does bring up a, a very valid point. And I'm, and I'm struggling to remember any one, like, just truly terrible meal, probably because I did block it out of my mind. But I will say this to you. One of the perils of traveling is when you get weird, yeah, like weird water, weird coffee, weird iced tea. Like, because yeah. c- you, living wherever you live, you get used to your water and... Maybe it's highly chlorinated. Maybe it's got a weird metallic taste. Whatever. You're used to that. You're acclimated to that. And then you you vacation in a different spot and you drink their water. And it's like, what the shit is this? Like, this come off of a skunk's anal gland? What the fuck? <laughs> and yeah, and then so like that's the worst. And and normally I do kind of get on my high horse about uh, uh, people who drink bottled water all all of the time. But it, but it, mm-hmm. but if you're traveling, and the water is like just goofy in that place, like no, load up on Dasani or Evian or whatever the hell, because 
that that I granted I've never like gotten the squirts from like di- drinking different water. Um, yeah. But yeah, you like drink this and it's like, oh god, like is is there a salt lick in the faucet too? What the hell's going on or whatever? Um, so yeah, like that 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 always throws me for for a loop. <laughs> But Josh, if you didn't get Montezuma's Revenge, were you really in the Yucatan? Yeah. Were you really in like, were you really in Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so, oh, so so yeah, I think um as as we're, you know, kind of kind of knitting up this episode here, um I I am excited. I I I know last year a whole bunch of travel plans got canceled. Um and, and I know people are really excited to get out there and travel again and good on you, you know, travel safe, bring an extra pair of underwear, do all that. Maybe, maybe you listeners, maybe you have a big travel uh, plan. Maybe you have a, a trip or a vacation coming up that you're excited about. And you want to tell us about that. You want to share your pictures of how you got horribly sunburned. Cause golly, that's happened to all of us. Isn't that the worst? Like the first day into a trip and then you just destroy your skin because you're out on the beach. I'm gonna rock. Oh, I'm gonna rock like my my Greek uh, heritage flex here. I haven't gotten a sunburn in years. Nice. Yeah. I don't even know what that shit is. Like I am always <laughs> a beautiful bronzy olive. Like, oh man. If nah, we should all sorry, be so can't lucky. Relate. No, yeah. If if, if, if can't relate to so your lucky. English ass, Whitey. Sorry. <laughs> but if people did want to share their vacation photos or their or their sunburn ouchies, Mark. What are what are some methods? What are some means that they could yeah. tell us about that? Yeah, no, like we're looking to travel. Let us know. Yeah, you can do that by going to uh, two wizards podcast at gmail.com, two wizards pod c one on Twitter, two wizards podcast at uh, Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Great Greek Buffalo. You can find me on Twitter at Marky Stardust, and you can find Josh on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. And also, I have a bit of late business, Josh. Oh. Sorry to bring this to the table. Not at all. I had someone someone slid into our DMs on Instagram. It was a listener who heard our uh, Fearsome Critters episode, a listener from Salida named Maddie, and she says that she remembers her uncles talking about it. It was like a weird Bigfoot thing. That's awesome, Maddie. Thank you for thank you for sharing that with us. And um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if maybe if uh, some some more info uh, comes or or. I don't know, maybe you have a picture of it or something. Yeah, definitely definitely let us know. Yeah, she said it was definitely a thing. Like, it was a weird urban legend, and, like, everyone in town just kind of jokingly referred to, oh, yeah, the fur-bearing trout. Oh, yeah, it's totally a thing. <laughs> but she said it was sort of just like a thing that drunk uncles talked about. Ah, I got you. Well, then that makes sense why you and I talked about that, Mark. But uh, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, like, that's why she's a listener, because we're just essentially two drunk yeah. uncles. But... <laughs> Maddie, huge shout-out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, for sharing that with Hit us. Hit us up. Talk to us. We want to hear from you. Do you like what we're doing? Do you not like what we're doing? Where do you want to travel? What's your best meal? What's your worst meal? Is it ironic that a javelin thrower's name was Reg Spears? Or am I saying it wrong and his name was Reg Spires? You let me know. Right? Yeah. Tell us. Marky Stardust on Twitter. Like, yeah. With um, our listeners in India, what are your travel plans? Is India a great travel spot? I hear it is. I'd like to go there someday. I think that'd be great. I'd check it out. Yeah, totally. Well, Mark, I, I think... I love curry. Yeah, oh, man. Curry's... Uh, it's the greatest. It's the greatest. Really quick, before we leave, oh, yes. you can go one place. Um, Not all expenses paid, but you can spend... You don't have to worry about spending money. Where are you going to go? Well, um, um, 
I so yes, I know I've talked about wanting to go to Greece, and I will go there eventually. But to mix it up a little bit, um, I think I think I'd say um, yeah, I'll say. Ah, oh, Jesus! Why am I having a fucking brain fart here? We can cut this out. We can cut this out. <laughs> no, I'm no I kind of okay, like no, no. like you're getting excited. Like I'm gonna go. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm gonna go to Australia. Australia, because it's right on. almost like an antipode of where I am, and go go hang out literally upside down. So that'd be great. <laughs> right on. What about you? I want to go to Japan. Mm, yep, yep, that's a good one too. That's want to go to Tokyo. Want to go to Hokkaido. Want to go to Nara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 was probably yeah. It's probably maybe the constellation place where I'd want to go. Somewhere yeah. in in the Pacific, know. not totally. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, indeed. Mark, uh, till next time, travel, travel safe, safe travels. Travel safely. Take yes. it anyway. And uh, yeah, listeners, thank you for joining us once again. You also travel safe. Uh, and yeah. as always, take care. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all!